Welcome to Box Out Banter. My name is Chris Okamura. Join me as always, Mr. Jordan Christmas. How's it going, Jordan? It's going good. Um, still, like I was telling you before we started recording, still kind of uh, stings really? a little bit the NFC Championship game. Uh, my Niners lost to your LA Rams, unfortunately. Blew another double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. But uh, I'm fine. It's all good. I didn't expect to make it that far. Although, I'm not going to lie, I got thoughts once the Bengals beat the Chiefs. I was like, oh, oh, I was laughing so hard. Do you see the clips of people in SoFi? Oh, yeah. That were yeah. Going nuts as soon as the Bengals won. There are Niner fans and Rams fans hugging each other because they yeah, knew. No, no they, one wants to play Mahomes. Absolutely no one. And, and, and they know, like, yo, whichever one of us comes out of this is beating that bangle ass like <laughs> yeah like by the way joe burrow is joe burrow is cold like i don't want to dude he's a, a he i love i love everything about him his attitude his moxie his obviously his skills as a quarterback the yeah, fact that he set all these records in college even though i really don't watch college football all that much um compared to the nfl but uh that dude is for real I felt way better facing the Bengals than yeah, that got facing the Chiefs. <laughs> like, or the Bills also, for that matter. Like, I did not want to face one of Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but that's obviously all a moot point now because we're eliminated. But at least we get to start the Trey Lance era. Yeah, again, like we were talking about earlier, like before we started, like, you know, it just it's conveniently it conveniently sets up you guys for moving on from Jimmy G. Yeah, and, uh, and I thank Jimmy G for you know all the all the good times and also bringing the franchise back to relevancy. I remember when the trade first happened, we went five and zero, and I thought he was the future. Turns out he's a average quarterback, but yeah, he's not bad. He's, he's not bad. Not great, but yeah, definitely need everything around him to be perfect in order for us to pull off what we needed to pull off. But uh, he gave it a hell of a run you know took us to the playoffs didn't expect to make the championship game so overall a good season just a little bummed because we could have stolen a super bowl and if we play the Bengals, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like the nfc championship game was the super bowl because i i thought whoever won that game is gonna oh they're just gonna beat the crap out of the Bengals. yeah here. i mean aaron donald versus that offensive line or nick bosa versus that offensive line is just gonna destroy people well the thing is like it's not only it's not only bosa and and uh and donald but like you like both, it's the entire defensive like the entire line, line like, yeah like we're not a football lines. podcast so we could list all the guys <laughs> but like yeah both defensive lines were just going to maul that cincinnati Bengals offensive line joe burrow yeah. was going to be running for his life yeah and, and there's no way like everyone talks about the depth of the receiving core with like higgins and and chase and stuff like that but like they're not gonna have time to get open <laughs> like yeah expect yeah yeah but uh you know congrats to you and your and your uh stupid rams team it's hard to beat a team seven times in a row. So, uh, you know, Sean hey man, McVay, like, Sean McVay like, got the monkey off his back. He beat Shanahan. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like your it's like your Padres and the Dodgers. You know, like you know, we we, we win when it matters. Oh, okay. <laughs> we win when All it right. matters. All right, we'll see you next. We'll see you next year. We'll we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> But uh, so enough about we football. are bas- we are ba- and baseball. We are a basketball podcast. We haven't talked basketball at all. Um. 
just how I just how we expected. Yeah. So we have some interesting news because we have the uh, we have the All Star starters. Um, and so, <laughs> what do you uh, any surprises with your with the All Star starters here, Jordan? Uh, I mean, <laughs> very obviously, um, the the surprise, of course, is Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah, it's. It's a that's like that. Surprise. I mean, that's the only. I think that's really the only acceptable answer. Like that. When Wiggins was announced, when I was watching the TNT game, like one, my brain couldn't process what I just heard, but also I almost collapsed like a lawn chair. Like I was like, "Wait, what?" And look, Andrew Wiggins, I thought had a fringe case as a reserve. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how you could watch this season and think that Andrew He's Wiggins was better starter. than one of Draymond Green or Rudy Gobert, but that's neither here nor there. Andrew Wiggins has had a very good season, a career year in some categories, in terms, especially his uh, three-point shooting. And, oh, yeah, I'm not holding anything against. Look, oh, yeah. this is not, I a, just, this is I not know. a... I want to highlight the good that Andrew Wiggins has done because I know we're both shocked by this and we're not, yeah. and he's not on, he's not on my all-star ballot at all or no. my fake all-star teams, starters and reserves. But Andrew Wiggins has improved. He's a integral part of that Warriors team. He's a, he's turned himself into a very good defender. Some nights he could be an elite defender and he's really become an efficient scorer on a team that, is actually kind of really important right now, now that Draymond Green has been out and is going to be out for a bit longer, if you read the news today. Um, so I just want to give kudos to Andrew Wiggins. With, with that said, he is absolutely not an all-star starter. And um, I guess... I mean, it's it's absolute insanity, but it's a fan voting thing, and I guess he got so much of the fan vote, and also some player votes too. That yeah, again, like I don't want to. He's having a great year, yeah. And I don't want to disparage him for that. I do, I, yes. But the thing is, like, this does call into question, like, how much? <laughs> I I understand the fans are important, and it is a fan game at the end of the day. But once we start tying in like contract incentives to all star appearances like there has to be well, a also where... uh, it matters for hall of fame resumes too yeah like but like i mean i can i can understand like yeah the fans want to like you know it's a fan game it's for the fans whatever but like there's a lot riding on whether or not you're voted in and as an all-star and an all-star starter or getting into the all-star team and like we need to start figuring out like yo, know are, are, are fans the best people to take votes from like <laughs> Realistically, at the end of the day, like Carmelo Anthony see, got like a shit ton of I'm votes. Kind, like, see, I'm kind of torn on this topic because this, like you said, this is a fan. This is a fan event, and this is, I think, vote. I think a mechanism where you have fan voting should matter. But like you said, 100%. it is it is tied to contracts and stuff. And I, and to me, that's more like a okay. We need to put that on the league to not have these type of incentives in there. Also, I think it is incumbent on the fan base to maybe watch a little bit more games than maybe their favorite team. But sure. I'm I'm also not a, you know, watch the games guy because well, let me I phrase that wrong. I am a I am an anti 
oh, you clearly don't watch the games. And you know what I mean by this. Yeah. Whenever somebody disagrees, yeah. disagrees with something they don't want to hear or don't like, they automatically go to, you clearly don't watch the games as like their rebuttal. And I just think that's become a stock rebuttal that has it, to be fair dead it end. is true it is true in some cases oh it is it's absolutely true but now i think people are using it way too much whenever they hear like say we talk about a fan's favorite player uh let's say we talk about a fan base's team's player or whatever and we sure. don't you know give a rosy 100% approval rating it's oh you don't watch the games oh you don't like they don't actually give like a like uh, yeah, a it's, thought it's out a, response a non-biased opinion yeah, yeah yeah like they don't give out like a thought out opinion of why they disagree or even a decent one and it's like okay but yes it is incumbent on the fans to maybe pay attention a little bit more well it's like the year where remember the year where t-mac and ai got voted as like all-star starters but they yeah. never they didn't play a single game <laughs> well ai got voted as an all-star starter in his very last season the 2009-10 yeah. season when uh he returned to the Sixers. Now obviously me, I'm biased. Like I liked it. I loved it. Sure. But obviously like he shouldn't, have, he, he shouldn't have been a starter. Like Kobe, for example, also started started his last All Star game and he shouldn't have been a starter either. Yeah. But like 100%. this is a fan thing. But so I'm torn on this topic. I don't I don't know exactly it's what tough. the solution tough, is. I don't know what topic. the solution is. It's a tough topic. And like I don't know Again, we I don't know what the answer is, but like some if we're going to tie this much into like a player's legacy and we already contract, changed the voting, like the way yeah. the votes are weighed. Oh, it used to be worse. Yeah. But like, like Zaza you know, almost got in one year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, you know, if if we're gonna tie so much into like a player's legacy and like their contract and, and all this stuff into all star voting, then yeah, like there's a responsibility that people aren't going to use responsibly. Yep. Um, you know, I and, mean, a K-pop star got Andrew Wiggins a lot of votes too. Like, yeah, <laughs> like the, Andrew Wiggins got votes from a lot of corners. Yeah, like all that's all it really takes, right? Like all it takes is like you know, if BTS falls in love with Alex <laughs> yep. Crusoe, then like yeah, he's gonna get into the All Star game, right? Like, but I mean, that's the only that's the only shocker because the rest of the starters is what i have is is what i have like i have trey young and demar Derozan as the guards even though demar Derozan has not played a second of guard at all this year um i I, still consider him a guard well like a wing well he hasn't well he hasn't been no he hasn't he hasn't played guard but like for his career uh, i still consider him a guard not since his second to last year in san antonio yeah Um, but i mean he deserved he deserved to be a a guard but he deserved to be a starter so i put him at guard um i mean the eastern conference front court that had to be unanimous or like you know we we really do need to find a way to take away fan voting (laughs) that that's like that should be ironclad kevin durant Giannis, and joel Embiid. yes um front court lebron Jokic, yes um i think the other starting guard next to Steph, because I thought Steph was a lock even with his shooting slump. You could have gone with John Moran or Donovan Mitchell, but then the Grizzlies started. Then the Grizzlies started pulling away, and the Jazz have been free falling as Mitchell and Gobert have missed games. So, Jaw took that last spot for me, and I would have put Gobert or Draymond Green here, but I put um, 
I put Gobert in the last spot, but and Andrew Wiggins is nowhere to be found on my reserves. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely did not have Wiggins there. I thought about him. He was on the cutting room floor in terms of honorable mentions, but yeah, no, all-star starter, that is three bridges too far for me, my friend. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit much. Um <laughs> a, a bit well, much. Yeah, so you have you have a uh I know you have a full team and a full list, so we'll go through that. I have a I don't have a full list. I have names that I think yeah, you're winging it as yeah, as you said. I have I have na- I have names that I think should make it and there's two that come to mind right away. Um one from each conference that I think need like cuz it's uh, the reserves for anyone that doesn't know are reserves are the coach's pick. So they aren't fan voted. Um, and so those okay how about i do this how about i name my teams from each conference and then you tell me which players you think i'm missing oh this is great okay yeah yeah you or players you think should be on there and we'll do a back and forth on these okay Yeah, yeah, yeah so i guess we'll start with um i guess we'll start with the east first um so my starters for the east both of my guards of course are trey young and demar derozan um, the front court, we just talked about it. It's Katie, Giannis, and Joe. Those should be Joel and Bede for those who don't know. Um, that's the front court that those should be the starters. Um, I thought about putting Levine here, but Trey Young has just been so damn good all year. Um, and the Hawks are starting to turn it around, but I think Trey Young on the whole, well, one, he's gotten better from last year and, uh, this is his most efficient year, uh, as a scorer as a guy in the floater range in the three point range. Um, now that the Hawks traded cam reddish, maybe, uh, it's a little bit of addition by subtraction and consolidating your roster. And they've been winning a lot of games recently, except for yesterday against Toronto, but that's my five, um, my reserves. And I might have a little bit of an audible here, even though I went on record with this on my YouTube channel. But, uh, my first reserve I have is Jared Allen. I think he has been great all year. I think he's one of the the important linchpins in a team that is awesome defensively, has really taken strides offensively in terms of his passing and finishing over mismatches and getting deep seals under the basket. Um, Number two, James Harden. I think even with his down scoring year, he is still an offense unto himself, and he's constantly dealing with rotation rotating players in and out of the lineup Kyrie Irving thinking that he's Muhammad Ali or something like that or some crazy version of that and missing games uh James Harden has been still really really good this year even if it's not his crazy historic scoring version of James Harden uh third reserve I have Jimmy Butler I think you have to have Jimmy Butler on here even though he's missed game, and I really didn't go with a lot of, I didn't really factor in missed games this season because everybody's been missing games and COVID. Um, but Jimmy Butler has been awesome once again. Really great two way player, best player on a team that has the best record in the conference right now. Uh, we'll see by the end of the night if they still have it. But Jimmy Butler's been awesome whenever he's played. Number four, I have Fred Van Vliet. Um, Fred Van Vliet has been great all year. 
He is playing defense on an all-defensive level. He is shooting the three ball really well. It was one of those picks where I tried to resist the, uh, you know, the, oh, you clearly don't watch the games crowd. Uh, because, yeah. you know, if you, God forbid, if you made a case for Darius Garland or some other guard, uh, Raptors internet would freak out, right? Yeah. But you just look at it and you watch the Raptors and their recent turnaround and Fred Van Vliet, not, not uh, the last couple of games, but, you know, in January he was just on fire. And so I yeah. have Fred Van Vliet here. Uh, fifth reserve, I have Jalen Brown. Now, you could have gone with Jason Tatum here, especially lately, uh, but I think Jalen Brown on the whole has been better this year than Tatum, um, say, for the last few weeks. And then, you know, uh, next reserve, or I guess it's the wild card, but they're reserves. I have Zach Levine. Um, yeah. Zach Levine, it, to me, is a no-brainer. He should be on here. He has a great case to be a starter as well. So, I mean, I'm not quibbling with that if you have – Zach Levine over Trey Young. And then the last reserve, I have Drew Holiday, but I'm thinking I might change out Drew Holiday for Darius Garland. And I think Darius Garland, and I think I am going to make that switch. Um, I just think Darius Garland has just has been just as instrumental in the Cavs turnaround this year compared to Jared Allen. I thought Evan Mobley had a fringe case too as an all-star, as crazy as it sounds. Um, but I just think Darius Garland, he has really grown and taken the leap this year. Colin Sexton goes down, he takes on more responsibility, and his production increases with great efficiency. Ricky Rubio goes down. Darius Garland gets more touches, more time of possession with the ball, and he has taken his game to another level again. The Cavs have guys in and out of the lineup, and they just keep winning games. I watched the Cavs-Bucks the other night, or last week, and Garland was just picking Milwaukee apart. Him and Mobley were great on the pick and roll. <clears throat> so I'm taking out Drew Holiday. And I'm putting in Darius Garland. So those are my 12 for the East All-Stars. So uh, I 100% actually agree with your list. I had Tatum instead of Brown, but like, you know, I think okay. that's very close. That's fair. Um, and then the, the, two, the two guys that I was saying, or the three guys that I was going to bring up on my list here, on my short list here, that I was like, are kind of must-includes in my mind, are Fred Van Fleet, um... Uh, Jared Allen and uh, Darius Garland were the three guys that I thought were like these are must include guys in my mind other than like the big names like they're the guys that to me were yeah. like not the big obvious names were the ones that like your average fan would forget and like have a risk of being you thought they should have made the team yeah like yeah. like the like these three guys should make the team but they might not just because of name brand yeah yeah you know what I mean like those yep. are, that was kind of like my my thing of like these three guys have to make it in and it's kind of like a sham if they don't um, yeah no uh i had to i had to think about it and also with the bucks recent struggles this kind of bumped holiday out as well yeah. uh, i think garland's been more consistent but over garland, the entire year but yeah and, like garland has been, been the engine garland has been the engine on a team that's 
you know, damn near within earshot of the Eastern Conference. I think they're yeah. a game and a half back. I mean, really the top six in the East is separated by two and a half games, which is crazy. But the fact that Cleveland is even in the mix when I projected them to be barely a play-in team, maybe a play-in team. We I did mean, not have high hopes for them. No, I did not. We... we I did not you, have high hopes yeah, for them. I to... I was like, I like their talent. I love Mobley. I love I Garland. They were like, I thought they were like a year or two away. Yeah, but they're here now, and that's and Darius Garland has turned into a bona fide All Star, like a legitimate one, and I think he should definitely get the nod. Um, and also, I, like, I, did... I really don't do like the teams deserve this many All Stars, but to me, like for Cleveland's case, like you really had to have two calves on there because I think Allen and Garland have both been just instrumental in the Cavs yes. turnaround. Um, I also did have Evan Mobley as my outside looking in guy. Yeah, Evan Mobley had a fringe case. He really yeah, did. He's, yeah, he's my he's my bubble like if we're talking about like March Madness, he's <clears throat> my like on the bubble guy. Yeah. Yep. Like I mean he allows the Cavs to play the way that they do. Yes. The he fact, opens everything up. The fact that he can guard every position like legitimately like a guard is pretty wild and let me I wanted to ask you this question and it's the topic du jour on podcasts so I'm not like breaking you know the room or anything when I ask this question but I mean where would you put Darius Garland and Evan Mobley in your future like NBA duos oh okay how many would you (laughs) um Okay. Like, think of all the young duos still, across still, the league. Is is Murray Jokic still a young duo? Jokic is twenty seven and Murray is twenty five, I believe. Let me let me look. Are they still a young like I'm not even going by age. Like, do you consider them a young duo at this point? I do. I mean, yeah. I would take I would take them. Over. Okay, that's that's fair. What about over the next uh, five years? I mean, it's close. I would, I think they're in the top two or three that I right? would take. Like, it's not just thing, the, like it's it's not it, like. Is if it you bad have, to take? Is it bad that I would if to say like Luca and whoever else? Luca uh, and whoever. Yeah, that's kind Luca of a cop and, out. <laughs> Luca and anyone. Like Luca has that, to have like a legit like. Yeah, I'm talking because like if you think about it. The Cavs have their point like, guard. I, okay, we, and their like we talked about this. We talked about this last week. I would take that. I would take them over Brown Tatum over the next five years. Yeah, yeah, I think I would too. Like a hundred percent, I would. And I'm actually higher on the Tatum Brown duo than a lot of people are. Like, I would, I, I, I would have to think about it, but I think I would take Mobley and Garland because, like, they have. I mean. A natural fit. Yeah, they're a natural fit. fit. Like if you if you if you haven't watched the Milwaukee Cavs game that happened last week, I would encourage you to go watch it. Uh, but the way they were picking apart the Bucks, they had like two minute stretches in the second and third quarter where they just took over. It was pick and pops. Like Mobley hasn't really shot the three well this year. Well this year, but there were a few pick and pops in there where you could just like see the future. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could see that play happening ten years from now, yeah. or Mobley rolling to the rim and Garland just hits him with a dot of a pass, and Mobley ends up dunking over Giannis. Like 
There were some crazy runs in that game, and it was spurred, it was spurred by Mobley and Garland. And the the they're a point guard and a center, like it's a natural fit. Like yeah. that those are like that's the head and the spine of your roster. And if those two can fit together, then you could just fill out your roster however else the hell you want it. And the Cavs have been playing three bigs. They've, you know, gone with Okoro at the three earlier in the season when maybe he's more naturally a two now. Like, you can build – your roster construction can be really fluid when you have a point guard in the center that can fit like that together. I think Mo, Mobley's going to be so damn good. He's going to be – I think he's going to be like a tier one franchise-level type of player. Oh, like, 100%. No doubt, like it's no doubt in my mind, like it's clear cut. And then Garland's going to be a top flight point guard. I really love Darius Garland. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. And like, I know we talk, I know it's not the same level, but I also put these guys in the top five. And I think I'm higher on them than most people because I just love triple. I, I love triple J. I oh, think John that, Moran and triple I, and triple J I, are up I there too. Like, though, like I'm, I'm higher on triple J than most people. Um, oh, I talk am about too. The, we talked about this in the off season of like, yeah, he's a lot of holes, but like dude, the raw potential of Triple J is like absolutely insane. He's been fantastic um, defensively this year, and I think has. while he hasn't shot well, he's expanded his offensive game. Like that guy's taking dudes off the dribble, like yeah, and you know he's finishing around the rim with soft touch. Like if you said John Moran, if you if you wanted to pick John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr. over Mobley and Garland, I wouldn't argue with you I, either. I think there's a I think there's a gap. Just, I I I think Evan Mobley's better than I think the gap between I think Mobley's I think better gap, than Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes, and, and I think or ja has, is, will I, be better. I think I, yeah, I think I think Ja is better than or better than Garland, but I think it's that's closer than the gap between Mobley and Jackson. If that makes sense. Ye, no, see, I'd have yeah, it, you might be right. You might. Like, I have to I think, think about. I think, I think John I think Moran Evan, is. I think John Moran already has a claim for best point guard in the NBA right now. So I actually think, um, you know, this side of Steph Curry, of course. I just think Jaw's been playing the best at that position this year. Sure. I mean, it's you give it to you give it to Steph out of respect, but all, all, you know, overall, I think I think Jaw's been but playing I've, a lot more this season. Yeah. I yeah I but over yeah over the next five years, I would take Mobley over Jaron Jackson Jr. for sure. Hundred percent. But if it comes to Morant and Garland, I'm taking Morant. That dude's special. No, I yeah, I'm not arguing that you wouldn't take yeah, Morant. Yeah. My I argument know. is like I would still I would I think it's closer there than it is between like I think there's cl- there's like clear separation between well both sides I think there's clear separation but I think like uh, Garland has a better chance of getting closer to Jaw yeah than Jaron Jackson I hear what you're getting saying. closer to Mobley yeah absolutely. But um, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad you. Well, I have your other guy t- too, Fred Van Vliet in here. Um, I have to say I really wanted to leave him out out of spite, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, like he is carrying them offensively. Like he if you is. watch their games, he is absolutely carrying them offensively. He's doing everything on the defensive end of the court and leading them defensively. Like there's nothing that he's not doing on the court, which is incredible. Yeah, a- absolutely, and that's why I have him in here. Um, he's basically, you know. The Raptors are really interesting because they're starting all these long boys, and then it's Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Fleet. That's really funny. And so uh, the offense is kind of funky in that way, but Fred Van Vliet has, you know, made it work. So uh, he definitely deserves the spot here. 
And then, yeah, uh, I'm glad we're on the same page about Jared Allen. Um, All right, so you ready to go to the West? Yes, I am. All right, so we are. I already named my starters. It's Steph, Ja, LeBron, Jokic, and Rudy Gobert. Um, Thought briefly about putting Draymond on here, but I think Rudy Gobert has been really, really good again this year. Um, Draymond, you know, being injured now kind of put him back a little bit. But, um, I mean, you just see with the Jazz, if really one of Mitchell or Gobert are out, it's kind of... They're just garbage. They they fall apart, like, really fast. It's like having two tent poles in a giant six-person tent, which is just really poor design. You knock out one of those poles and the tent just flies off in the wind. <laughs> um, really terrible analogy, but I went with it. Uh, but my first reserve... I have actually I should just go with my first two reserves. It's Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Yeah. Like those those are the I, no-brainers. Those are no-brainers. Those guys are the engine that make the Suns go. They are the reason why the Suns can play an offense where it's basically inverted. They like the mid-range and everything flows out of that. Um Chris Paul once again has been fantastic. I we have to start talking about Chris Paul as an anomaly like we do about like in the same way we do with LeBron, right? Because we're like, oh, year nineteen, like this is freakish. LeBron is still freaky athletic for his age and all that stuff. And all that's true. Eight small point guards should not be aging this well. And Chris Paul is defying logic well, in that I, sense. Again, we've talked about this before. I think it goes back to the idea that like most small point guards are successful because of athleticism and because of like Mm-hmm. motor where chris paul has never been that way and he's ne- he's very much in like the larry bird like luka Doncic, like you play your pace and mm-hmm. like you force teams to play your pace like it is it's very clear when you watch a chris paul led offense it's very deliberate it's very yeah. methodical he'll pick you apart and... and so like that's that's always been his game even when he was younger and so yeah. like it's very easy to translate that game to you know older age and and again him losing a step doesn't really hurt his game yep and then uh devin booker has been on an absolute tear as of late um shooting uh this the devin booker corollary is weird because i feel like he should be a better three-point shooter that's what he was known coming out of kentucky he won the three-point contest early in his career um and he was shooting above 40 percent, but now he's back down to 38 percent. but he's still scoring the ball really well He's still playing really good defense. Um, He is, you know, one of the facilitators, obviously, in the offense. Uh, But, you know, over the last uh, over the last 20 games, he's averaging 27 um, getting to the free throw line. He's just he's been fantastic. Um, So both of these guys are here. And then number three, my third reserve is Donovan Mitchell. I think he's been awesome once again this year. Uh, the Jazz are kind of they either, like I said, either him or Gobert. Whether one of those two go out, the Jazz just fall apart. Um, Mitchell has been actually really good at finishing around the rim this year, career high in terms of percentage field goal percentage around the rim. Um, the three point percentage will, I think, will regress back to the mean. Uh, so I expect actually his scoring to increase, um, and he's been really good at scoring this year. 
Um, and then number four, I have Carl Anthony Towns. You to me, Cat was a no brainer. Yeah, I mean the guy is averaging twenty four and a half, nine, and nearly four assists on fifty, forty, eighty. Um, I know he. I know everybody kind of poo pooed and rolled their eyes when. Uh, he said that he was the best shooting big man of all time. I'm still going Dirk, but I mean, yeah. statistically, he has a case. Like, this guy could take threes in any way you want, off screens, step backs, whatever. Um, and the Timberwolves have been really plucky this year. They re- like, and I know that sounds like a condescending or endearing, like, oh, that's cute term, but like, the Wolves have been. They they're finally like putting some stuff together and are making some noise. They're 500 right now, just at 500, and you know they're firmly in it to make the play-in or be the seventh seed. But that's the play-in. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns has been a central part of their offense, which is really good, especially as of late. So next reserve I have is Draymond, um, linchpin of their defense. I think I still think well, Giannis might be creeping up soon because of the games missed. But I still have Draymond Green as my defensive player of the year. Uh, you could tell the Warriors' offense is a little bit different without Draymond out there pinpointing everything and pass and uh, facilitating. But uh, he's been you know one of the engines on a resurgent Warriors team. And then we go to the last two spots, the last two wild cards. Luca has played himself into this for me, uh, to where he had to make it. Uh, did you know that the Dallas Mavericks have the number one defense in the NBA in the month of January? Yeah, very odd. It's very odd. Their offense is getting better. Don't see it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like it's with basic stuff. It sounds like it's scheme, it's communication, it's getting back in transition, like basic stuff. But I have to say, Jason Kidd. All right, you've done a you've done a decent job coaching this team so far. Like I have to admit, I I mean you've heard my skepticism about Jason Kidd. Sure. Um, definitely not one to shy away from a Jason Kidd joke or two. But Jason Kidd has done a good job. Luka Doncic is finally in shape, and he has been playing like the Luka Doncic of old that we expected yeah that we yeah of old and i say <laughs> he's only in his fourth year but the luka Doncic of old um and then really i think a lot of people had trouble with this last spot a lot of media members a lot of people who were doing fake all-star teams um there's, there's <clears> one clear guy for me we're 100 agreement and i'm curious if you get this last one so my candidates for this last spot, like I had to cross off Paul George because of injury. DeJounte Murray, I had to – he he was a finalist. I crossed off SGA and Anthony Davis and Wiggins and Dame, obviously. no, There is no grandfathering in a yearly all-star voting. If you're bad this year, sorry. Like I'm not voting for you as all-star or if you're injured. Um, but I have Brandon Ingram. Here, okay. As my that's last. a different one. I I can't argue with it, but that's a that's a good one. I have Brandon Ingram here, and I know that you know some of his shooting numbers are down this year, but the Pelicans have really turned it around since uh, about late December, mid December. Brandon Ingram is 
keeps on improving his playmaking to the point where you have to talk about him as one of the best playmaking wings in the league. Um, I just think he's been instrumental in New Orleans turnaround. Now, also some of that is Josh Hart having a career year. Herb Jones has been one of the best wing defenders in the NBA period as a rookie, as a second round rookie. And ever since he started, the Pelicans have really took taken off. But I think Brandon Ingram has been at the center of this. He is the main engine for that team. He draws the most attention. And he's been putting up really good numbers. And that's my case for Brandon Ingram. I have him here. Uh, I want to hear who you have in this final spot. Uh, I have DeJounte Murray. Okay. I mean, he's averaging 18, 9, and 9. He is. Which is kind of nuts. He's clearly the best player on that Spurs team. Which, you know, isn't, isn't saying much. But I mean the the I when you watch him play he's doing he's doing a lot defensively. He's he's really kind of doing everything that he can for that team. And I mean it's not like they're horrible. They're you know No, they're they're actually a game and a half ahead of the Pelicans in the standings. Yeah, so I mean for me it's a thing of look, they're 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 doing decently, you know, they're they're winning at a decent pace for a team that, you know, is at the bottom half of a of a conference. And he's the best performing player, kind of in my mind, the best performing player out of that bottom half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, to me, with all of the injuries going on and with everyone else that you would normally take, I think that he's earned that spot. Okay, I can't argue with that. I know that's the boring thing to say, but I had Dejounte Murray as my second to last. I it was between him and Brandon Ingram. So um, yeah, I didn't even have Brandon Ingram. I I. Like Murray was the clear last guy to me, but yep. the Brandon Ingram thing when you bring it up, it it does make a ton of sense. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I thought Brandon. Yeah, I thought Brandon Ingram had a case. I know a lot of people did. I'm probably in the minority with my Brandon Ingram pick, but I just think he's been really good this year, despite what his shooting numbers might say. Um, and it's the same thing for Murray too. Murray's been he's a fantastic defender. He's I like you said he's averaging nineteen eight and nine. Like that's really damn good. So. I mean, if you want to put him there, like I have no, I have no qualms with that whatsoever. Uh, he's been fantastic this year, um, and yeah, like I mentioned, some other people like like Dame, no, Anthony Davis, no. Um, yeah, everyone else that you would like tend to put in these spots, yeah. it's hurt. Yeah, it's or hurt or year. hurt or performing under expectations. Um, SGA, I had to cross off, and then yeah. Uh, Paul George, if he had stayed healthy for a few more weeks, he probably would have this spot. But it looks like the Clippers might be a stealth tank team <laughs> with uh, the way this is going. I don't think Paul George is coming back this year. And I don't think Kawhi's coming back this year either, actually, if Paul George doesn't come back. So, um, and he, they might, he might opt out. You think Paul George might opt out? I think. Does, well, he, have I, to, does he have an opt out in his contract? I don't know. I, now, now I just I don't I just up. I just don't see like where do the Clippers go from here. It's not like, like they, the Cli- it's not like the Clippers <clears throat> like okay, no, he does they, he he can't he doesn't he can't um his player option is in twenty twenty four. So he has a few okay. more years with the Clippers. Years. It's My not, thing is just it's like, not they, like the Clippers are coming off of some down year or something. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year and Kawhi hurt his knee on a freak dunk. Like, I think 
the Clippers at least deserve a few more years of this duo before. Sure, I, I just don't know. Like, my questions have never come from the duo. My questions have always come from, like, the surrounding pieces. And I don't know. Like, they're kind of st- they're kind of in the Lakers spot, right? Where it's like, I don't know if I trust the surrounding cast. And I don't know uh, if they have the war chest. I mean, I like... I mean, if you're talking about fitting a, a fitting roster around your two stars, okay. I think the Clippers have a better roster around their two stars than the Lakers. No, I'm not. Do. I'm not. I'm not saying like they have a better fitting roster. I'm saying like, is do you think that this surrounding cast is good enough to win a championship to beat some of like the better teams in the West and the East? If they were fully healthy, yes, yes. Okay, see, I, I just disagree. But that's that's a I think Kawhi, I think I mean Kawhi Leonard is well, I mean before he hurt his knee he was in the best player in the world conversation and I think just off of that alone like and the fact that Paul George is also not on the same tier as Kawhi Leonard but I think he's a superstar in his own right like I with the surrounding pieces the Clippers had with Morris with Batum like Ty Lue's a good coach. He's a great coach, probably top three for me in the league. Like, if you just look at how wide open the West is this year, I don't see why a fully healthy Clippers team wouldn't compete, especially when we saw them beat the Jazz last year without Kawhi Leonard. We saw them. We saw (laughs) that it, well, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, they did beat a really good team without their megastar player i know i'm joking i'm joking yeah i I know i know (laughs) i know i'm trying to i'm trying to be good this year i'm this this season i'm trying not to slander the jazz too it'll come out it'll come out it'll it'll come out for sure but uh they took the suns to six games and that was just with paul george um if you're just talking about a fully healthy clippers team like just you know eliminate all injuries I think the Clippers would be a top three team in the West along with the Suns. I think they'd be in the same tier as the Warriors and the Suns. I might have the Warriors and I might have the Suns a little bit above the Warriors and then maybe put the Clippers right behind them. But I think they could beat either of those teams in a seven game series if they were fully healthy. I just don't trust them. I really don't. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals last year. The monkeys off their back. Yeah, I. Again, I I just don't I don't like any of their reserves. Like I don't like I'm not a big Batum person, and I don't like you know. But that this is a, that's a whole completely different story. Um, but yeah, that, I, I'm I'm excited to see. I just want I just want all these all these teams to be healthy, man. <laughs> like yeah, it's so disappointing when like you have all like every year, at least the last like three years with all the basketball everyone's been playing, all these teams just break down so quickly. Well, I mean, this, yeah. The, it's, the schedule that they're playing, like, every, just break down. Well, so also quick. COVID, too. Yeah. Like, that's, that's sort of, that's sort of a wreck things also. Like, the Bulls are super injured. The, I don't know if you feel this way. Do you feel like you've been robbed of good basketball or, like, of, of the best basketball we could be getting the last, like, no, two or three years? No, I, I think... I, it's a tough question. We've been we've been we've been robbed of some matchups, sure, but I think overall, I think this year especially, I've had I've enjoyed watching best. I've enjoyed watching the product a lot more just because oh, yeah. of the way the game is called and stuff. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's game, not what I mean. I mean, I mean, like, like we never we're 
we've really not gotten to see like the Nets big three or the Nets even come to fruition of like what we thought they were going to be. No, we didn't. Like we've never, we've We've definitely been robbed of some what ifs, but I think overall, I think, I think, uh, I don't, I've maybe like we've could have tapped into a little bit higher ceiling in terms of enjoyment. If some of these teams were healthy, but I think the basketball has been really good. No, I, I I completely agree. The basketball's been really good. I just, I always think of like the damn. There's like, there's like a an alternate universe where everyone's safe, yeah. healthy, and like the basketball's insane. Like, there's an alternate universe where Grayson Allen doesn't, you know, kill Alex Caruso, kill Alex Caruso, or in the in the Bulls uh, are completely healthy, or you know, I think I think some of these injuries have kind of caused some of these teams to innovate. Like the Heat have gone through like three different iterations of themselves. Like when yeah, in the last like two years. Yeah, when Jimmy Butler and when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were out earlier in the season, the Heat turned into a three-point shooting team. And then the Stars are back, and they've kind of morphed back into, you know, attacking the pain and, you know, getting... Pace. getting Pace space. Yeah, like Eric Spolstra is throwing himself squarely at the top or the short list of defense of a uh, coach of the year with the way he's adjusted through all the injuries. Um, the Sixers have gone through their injuries, but they've been forced to adapt. Cleveland just keeps winning despite injuries. And I think that's the, I think that's the one silver lining you could take from all the injuries is that you're seeing teams being able to, you know, open up, open up and adapt and try shit. Uh, despite injuries now Brooklyn that's a whole different story I don't know if they have the rotation pieces to just keep piecemealing this together um they've really been struggling as of late they've lost four in a row um and I think a lot of their rotation players skew big which doesn't bold well but um yeah there have been quite a few injuries in COVID related stuff but I think overall the season has still been really intriguing i think we're gonna have a really good mvp race that's gonna come down to the wire um we've had we have a lot of great players in this league so we'll see how it all shakes out shake and bake <laughs> yep shake it bake exactly uh yeah, i mean the sun the suns just keep winning though I like <laughs> they don't have jay crowder deandre Ayton, well it looks like he might play tonight against the nets um but the Suns are going to win, you know, <clears throat> the, the Suns might win like 65 games. <laughs> yeah, that's not hyperbole. Like, I think they could win more. I think they probably win 67 or 68 games. Like, it's actually insanity. <laughs> like, the Suns are the Suns are somehow better than last year. Um, They're, you know, their tertiary players like Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges hey, have gotten they better. Have, by the way, I... I don't want to bring this up because, like, you know, the Suns are young, they're hot, whatever. They need to win now. <laughs> like, I don't want to say the window's closing, but, like, Chris Paul's getting older. I don't know how long it's going to last for. And then all these guys that are on, like, like Cam Johnson, all these guys that are on, like, smaller deals are going to want to get paid. Yeah, I think the window's longer than that. I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton prop that window open i think devin booker is so underrated i think even now he's still underrated like early in his career he was underrated and slandered because he was a good stats bad team guy whatever the hell that means um and now that he's sacrificed and has shared the backcourt with chris paul 
he's kind of flown under the radar again because I think he could easily be a 28 per game scorer and he's content oh, averaging team basketball. Yeah, he's they're content playing team basketball. That team's a well-oiled machine and it's because Devin Booker, you know, he makes different decisions like, you know, moving the ball to the next player and all that. Um even though he's been on a tear in these last 20 games. Um so I, I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges prop up that window open as Chris Paul kind of ages out. I think Chris Paul's just going to find a way to age gracefully. I don't think – I don't know how many years of this Chris Paul will have left, maybe one more year max, but, like, I think Booker and Ayton extend that window. I'm just high on that. I'm just high on that pairing. No, I agree with you. I'm yeah. high on them too. I just think, like, the idea of – this team is stacked. This version of the Suns team, yeah. we might, we might, this might be this, might be this year or next year. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, Cam Johnson's going to want to get paid, and Cam Johnson's a huge part of what they do. <laughs> yeah, Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson has had a career year. He's been... Yeah, he's going to want to get paid, and I don't know if they're going to have the space or the ability to keep him. Yep. Um, and, you know, as it happens with all teams, right? Like as soon as your role players start to get really good, they're going to want money. Well, they and have cam, they have cam Johnson for, um, they, they already exercised the, their the option, the yeah. option on him for next season. So he's, I think at least for this year and next year, I think we're going to see this version of the Suns Suns team that we see, but yeah, the guys will start wanting to get paid. They still have to, dis- they still have to max Deandre. And I don't know why they haven't done that yet. Um, Oh, by the way, Bismack Biombo just Chris Paul's just reviving careers out here. You know, Yo, Biz, Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo has become a monster in the pick and roll, finishing, defending at the level. Like he's averaging eleven points per game. Like he's hasn't he hasn't averaged more than seven points per game at all in his career. Like at any point, like his highest was seven point four points per game. And he's averaging 11 right now with the Suns. It's pretty wild. He's averaging 11 and eight. <laughs> it's, what, it's what happens when you play with like an all-time with the great... point guard. With the point yeah. guard. <laughs> yeah, like you just give him the ball in good positions. But uh, Chris Paul's doing that in in uh, OKC too. He's everywhere he goes. Yeah, the Suns just might flat out be the favorite to win the title right now. Like yeah. the like flat out i still want to see what the warriors look like in the end because i'm still high on the warriors and yeah fine whatever some of it is a little biased in me because i just believe in the infrastructure and i believe in steph but um the suns right now are easily playing the best basketball out of anybody in the nba right now um there are a few teams that can make the claim that they're playing good basketball too but if you're just talking about consistently elite basketball I mean, the Grizzlies, um, the Heat, the Bulls early on before their injuries hit. The Suns have just been there all year churning out wins in different ways, too. Like, it's not just the same way. They are just a well-oiled machine, and they honestly might be the stone-cold favorite right now. Which I'm happy for. I want to see Chris Paul get a ring. Yeah. eh, Yeah, sure. (laughs) It would be cool to see Chris Paul get a ring. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same way I felt about. Obviously, it's a little different because like the this team is full of vets, but like the that that Mavericks team 
was just full of guys. That's one of my like, favorite. That's one of my favorite. I was like, teams I hope ever. all of them get rings. <laughs> like, that was, was like the fir- that was the first year. That was probably the only year like I truly hated a team that LeBron was on. Yeah. Like, I'll admit it. I was part of the. I was a part of the Heat hatred for that first year. Like, sure. the way they rose out of the they the way they rose out of the floor in that you know that preseason concert that they had like the fucking Beatles popped out (laughs) with the smoke (laughs) machines and shit that rubbed me the wrong way I really didn't care about the decision that much right but it was like everything else that followed and then like that and then that concert I was like okay fuck (laughs) (laughs) y'all and also I really wanted Dirk to get his ring like Dirk was one of my favorite players well I love Dirk and like I was a big Jason Terry I love Jason Terry yeah I loved I love Jason Terry so then you know uh Sean Marion Jason Kidd like there's so many guys on that roster where I was like man I hope all of these guys get rings like yeah Deshaun Stevenson's crazy ass yeah, like I just want all of them to get rings. Yeah, it, Tyson Chandler, Brendan Hayward was a was a nice backup. Jan did they have, did they did they have uh, Deshaun a job yet? Nope. That, well, that was that was way before. That was after, right? No, that was before. Was it before? Mm-hmm. Man. Yep. That was before. That was they early have, iterations they have, of those Mavericks teams. Was Devin Harris on that team? <laughs> nope. Dude, it was JJ Barrett. I'm, That's right. It was, it was JJ Barrett. Oh, dude. Funny story. So, uh, speaking of naming rosters, uh, so I told you that I was in Bakersfield this weekend, um, you know, celebrating the homie George's 30th. Shout out, George. Um, so, I obviously, being from Bakersfield and going back there, there's people I hadn't seen in a long time. And so, you know, some of, uh, some of the homies, we came through and celebrated George's 30th. And at one point, two of the biggest sports fans I know, um, they were at the party. Um, we were at one point sitting by the campfire having some brews. And uh, two of them are really big Laker fans. I used to argue with them a lot about sports in high school and all that stuff, right? Um, so we just... <laughs> Both of them, I guess, made a bet, unbeknownst to me, that I couldn't name or that I they made a bet uh, if I could name more than 10 players on the current 76ers roster. And I was well, one, I was kind of insulted. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I know my own team. And so then I named I named 10 players. I did forget some because, you know, we had some drinks and some rotation players slipped my mind but i was able to name more than 10 and um you know the they had they bet cash and so one of them lost and then we just started naming off rosters from our old team so like they the, um we had a george he's a big suns fan we had him <laughs> name the players on the suns roster i had the i was you know, quizzing the Lake, the Lakers friends on the Lakers roster. And then we went to the 2001 finals to see if we can name more than 10 players from each of those rosters. So yeah, we were, you know, drunk celebrating a party, celebrating a 30th birthday and naming fucking players off of the NBA roster. <laughs> That's a fun game. Yep. It's a fun game. I think I posted on Twitter. I think I, sh- I sent it to you too. I, uh, 
in kind of a similar vein, uh, my daughter has Guess Who, and so I made NBA Guess oh, Who. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was, uh, <laughs> it was one of the best creations I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, playing that's a ton of fun, too. Like, anything like that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just hoop runs in the veins. It really does. Any Any part of your life. Yep. All right. Well, I think that will end it for today. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, unless you have anything else you wanted to. No, I think we're good. And I think it's funny that we, like, we were like, we'll discuss all-star team. But we just kind of had the same. I don't know if this goes to us agreeing because we tend to agree anyway. Or if it goes to like us not being uh, I, I the all-star picks being very obvious. Right. It was it was Great kind period. of it was kind of a more obvious field this year. I thought there when you looked at both the starters in both conferences, I think like 8 out of those 10 were locks to me. Yeah. And then there were a lot of reserves that I thought were locks too. Yeah, again, like the there's there's a lot of guys that are locks to me, but that I don't think would get it just because of the name value and like someone with a bigger name or a better reputation would get in. But mm-hmm. I think I trust the NBA coaches to make the right. Usually, the reserves are bit better choices. Yeah, but I mean, we might end up with three Warriors on the All Star team, yeah. which I did not expect. <clears throat> I mean, hey, they're second in the West. They are, but I mean that. I mean, should the Suns get three? Well, they might. I mean, someone might get DeAndre. DeAndre Ayton might get in. He's been too injured this year. If he gets in, I will blow a gasket. <laughs> There are some like there are some players where if they get selected, I would blow a gasket. But I think Aiden's been too injured this year. We'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Andrew Wiggins made it. Anything's possible, in the words of the great Kevin Garnett. Yeah, anything's possible. All right. Well, but no, congratulations, end. Andrew Wiggins. I'm gonna congr- yeah, no, give him his flowers. Give congrats to Andrew Wiggins. It. I'm sure. I mean, I've never been named an All Star in my life, Chris. I'm sure that comes as a surprise to you. So I imagine being named an all-star starter for the first first time all-star, but for all-star starter, yeah. uh, that has to be big time. So I do want to give Andrew Wiggins. Career, yeah. The way his career has gone and started. and Yeah, uh, the ups I, and downs he, in his career and all that. Here, here and yeah. So congrats to Andrew Wiggins. Still all shouldn't right. have been a starter, though. <laughs> I couldn't well, help it. <laughs> that, that being said, thank you for listening to Box Up Answer, and we'll see you guys next week. The BOB.